The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Daf Lamedhet. Today's daf has been dedicated to Nishmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Today's daf is being studied for the Hatzlacha of the Israeli Defense Forces that are involved in very important operations uh, at the present moment. And we pray that the zikhut of our learning should give all the armed forces fighting for our country, Hatzlacha, Hatzlacha, in all their efforts against all our enemies, Yiten Hashem et Ha'ibim, Nigafim Nifnehem, and the Pasuk says, Ve'ata al-bamotemo tedroch, Be'ezat Hashem, we should tread upon the backs of our enemies, Amen. Da'afi astat tabla, so the Gemara says that Hilni ha-malka, the mother of Munbaz Amelech made a golden tablet with which she wrote the Parashat Sota on that tablet and they used it to copy from that tabla to the parchment in the event a Sota happened in the uh, Beit HaMikdash. Shemat Minah, so the Gebrahs we can deduce some here, Kodvin Megillah Letinot Letlamed Ba. There's a whole uh, subject of Mahlok and Masichet Gitin. Are you allowed to write part of a Sefer Torah out of the Sefer Torah? Meaning in a, let's say a parchment, just a perashah from the Torah. So one opinion says you can, another opinion says you're not allowed to. It's got to be only in the Sefer Torah itself. So from this Gemara you see, from the fact that they were allowed to write the perashah, the Sultan, the Tabla, so therefore it's following the opinion that says you could write a on a parchment in order to give it to the children in order they could study so they could learn. No, you have no proof. Because here when they wrote the Parashat Sota, they didn't write it explicitly on the Tavla. They wrote it in Aleph Bet, meaning an acronym. Meaning they just wrote Nashet Tevot. Instead of writing the words of the Sota, they just wrote the, the letters, the first letter of each word, and therefore it's not considered writing a Parashat. Tabla, 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 actually a tablet. It's like a tablet, golden tablet. No, they wrote it on a golden tablet to be transferred when they copied it over for Parashat Sota to be written on parchment. So that she says, Good. Meti be the Gemara's question. Kishu kotev roev vechotev mashikatuv betabla. It says when they copy over, they look what's written in the tabla and they copy those words. It's, it sounds like it's verbatim that they're actually copying the actual words. It doesn't sound like it's Rashi Tevot. So it was the emar roev vechotev. 
Meaning, they're writing not what's written in the tabla, but like what's written in the tabla. Meaning, the tabla has an ashetevot. And therefore, they have no proof. another question. When they write over the parashat, they look and copy over what's written in the tabla. What was written in the tabla? Im shachav ish otach. Im lo shachav. Im satit. Im lo satit. Which means it's masma that they're actually writing the pesukim. So how could you tell me that they're just writing Rashid Tevot? This bright that's masma they're actually reading and copying over actual pesukim. So comes the Gemara and says, Hatam besirugin. Which means it's following the system of Sirugin, meaning they did not write the entire parasha. They would write, let's say, the first word of the pasuk. For example, the imlo shachav. And then they would write, Rashid Tevot for the rest of the pasuk. Ve'at uh, kisatit. And then they would write the rest of the pasuk in Rashid Tevot. So there were some words written explicitly, but only the headlines of the beginning of the Pesukim, and then the rest of the Pesukim were written, so therefore you have no proof that you're allowed to write a full parasha on a parchment for a child to read. Really, I can tell you, you're not allowed. And that which they did for the tabla, they only did it but not full Look at Rashi Besirugin, Im lo shachav, they started with the first pasuk. Im lo shachav, acharav rashi tevot al sof mikra, and then rashi tevot to the end of the pasuk. Ve'ad kisatit, ve'acharav rashi tevot al sof mikra. Next pasuk, yitain Hashem otach, ve'acharav rashi tevot al sof mikra. Ubau amain, ve'arkak rashi tevot of the rest. So therefore, each. Pasuk started off with a few words and then ended with Rashi Tevot. Now, uh, it should be uh, noted that the Gemara in the Braita here quotes different Pesukim. It says one of the Pesukim was Im Shachav Ish Otach. Now, uh, the Ritba points out that there's no such Pasuk in the Torah like that. But the Sotat says Im Lo Shachav Ish Otach. It doesn't say Im Shachav. So the Ritba says it's Lav Davka. Because by at Im Satit, one pasuk says Im Satit if you sway it, and another pasuk says Im Lo Satit. So there it does say Im Lo. So therefore, by the Shachav, it also wrote both sides Im Shachav, Im Lo Shachav. But it's not Davka. That pasuk is not written in the Torah. But the basic concept of this Gemara is there were Rashetevot written on the Tavla, so that we can bring no proof to the principle that you can write Panashiot outside the Sefer Torah. Comes the Gemara and says, Nikanor, Naasa, Nisim, Daltotav. Nikanor is the one that made the doors, right, for the Vet Mikdash, and miracles happened with those doors. Tarurabanan, we have a bright man, Nisim, Naasu, Daltotav. What are the miracles that happened to his doors? When Nicanor went to Alexandria in Mislaim to get the doors, there was a storm in the sea that was uh, destined to drown him. So he took one of the doors that was on the boat, I guess in order to lighten up the load, so he threw it overboard. But still the water was still raging. So now they wanted to throw the second door overboard. He got up and he hugged the door. If you're throwing the door over, throw me with it. 
the Yad Nachayam Zahpo. Immediately the Yam stopped from its rage. But he was distressed that he lost one of the doors. When he got to the port at Akko in Israel, it was floating. And it surfaced from under the, uh, the hull of the boat. And some say, Some say a sea creature swallowed the door, and spit it out to the dry land. On this situation, Our walls of our home are made out of cedar wood. Rahitenu berotim. Rahitenu literally means the quick ones. Rahit is to run. A door is called a rahit because it constantly is opening and closing and shutting and opening very quickly. So it's birotim, rahitenu birotim, our doors are birotim, altikre birotim, ela birit yam, which means a covenant with the yam. Meaning, Rashi uh, says, ki'ilu kartu berit zu imzu. It's as if the yam and the doors made a peace treaty, which means the yam did not swallow the Doors, on the contrary, they floated back to the uh, to the port. So therefore, it's called berotim, berit yam, or as she gives an alternate interpretation, biriat yam. Based on the second shot that a sea creature swallowed it up, rahitenu berotim. Our doors were swallowed by a biriat yam and eventually spat out again onto the shores. Lefichat kol shaharim shayu b'mikdash neshtanu liyot shel zahav. All the gates of the Beit HaMikdash eventually were upgraded to gold. Chutz Meshare Nikanor. Except for the gates of Nikanor, they kept copper as is. Mm-hmm. Because of the miracles that happened with it, they wanted to keep them authentic. Because since the... Uh, I guess the copper of the doors were shiny, mutsevit, therefore they looked like gold. So therefore there was no need to turn them into gold. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Nehoshet Klunita Aita. It was a very refined type of copper, that she says, Mizukeket, and that's the name of the refined copper, Vaita Mi'irat Yeshel Zahav, and it was shiny and glowing like gold, and therefore there was no need to convert them. Comes the next Mishnah. Ve'elu lignai. The following people are mentioned derogatorily. Shelbet Garmu, the family of Garmu, Lord Atsulilamed al Parim. They refused to teach others how to make the showbread. Shelbet Aptinas, the family of Aptinas, Lord Atsulilamed al Ketoret. They refused to teach others how to make the Ketoret. Hukras ben Levi. He was a Levi, obviously. He knew a certain method of singing. But he did not teach it to the other Leviim. Ben Kamsar, Lord Atzal Lamed Al Maaseh Ketav. 
this fellow Ben Kamsa, the Gemara is going to say in a special way of writing, he was able to put four quills between his fingers and write four letters simultaneously. But he did not share his talent. Under earlier ones that we mentioned in the last Mishnah, that they made generous donations to the Beit HaMikdash, on them we say, Zechir Sadiq, their name is mentioned, Sadiqim, Levracha, there's Beracha. But on these last ones that we just mentioned, the Pasuk is said on them, Veshem Resha'im Yirkav, that the name of the wicked should be uh, decayed and obliterated. Tanu Rabbanan, we have a Braita. Beth Garmu, the family of Garmu, Ayu Bikim, Bimase, Lechamepanim. They were experts in making the hamapanim. They have to know the showbread were made in a certain mold. And it was not just a regular loaf of bread. In your article, you have a picture of what it looks like. It was like a uh, rectangular uh, mold where they put the bread in and it had a base and it came up on both of its sides. Now the trick of it was not to put it in the molding but to get it out. When they would get it out of the molding or out of the oven, it would crack, it would come apart. So the bed God were experts of baking it and then more importantly getting out of the oven without it breaking. So the Gemara says, Velor Lamid. They didn't want to teach anybody. Shalhu Hakamim, so the rabbis sent they brought experts in baking from Alexandria and Egypt. They knew how to bake the bread like bed garbu. But they didn't know how to take it out of the oven like bed garbu. Which means the people from Alexandria, they would put it not all the way in the oven, they would put it towards the outside of the oven, they would put the uh, wood on the outside and part of the oven, and they would bake it on the outside of the oven. But Beit Garmu had to do it the real way. They would put the wood deep in the oven, and they would bake it deep in the oven. The people of Alexandria, the bread would spoil because it wasn't fully baked. Because since they didn't bake it fully in the oven, because they had a problem in getting it out of the oven without it cracking, so eventually it would spoil. But Beit Garmu, since the bread was fully baked, and they had no problem in taking it out without it uh, crumbling, so it was fully baked and it did not spoil. When the rabbis heard that the lechem epanim is being compromised, which means that it's not coming out the right way. Everything that God created in this world, He created it for His honor. Which means that with a emar, anything that's called in my name, was created, I created it for my honor. What they were trying to say is, if Beit Khan was the only ones that had to do it, and God gave them that gifted talent, it's for the glory of God, we have to bring them back, at any price. So the Gemara says, Hazru Beit Garmu Limkolam. So Beit Garmu was returned, and reinstated to the original job. But they were offended. They did not come. Not they were offended, but they were holding out for more money. So the rabbis doubled their wages. So then they acquiesced. 
Every day their wages was 12 maneh. Ve'ayom, ha'esrim barba'ah. It was doubled to 24. The bi'udah omeh bechol yom ha'esrim barba'ah. Every day 24. Ve'ayom, arba'im u'shmona. They doubled it to 48. Amru lahem hakamim. What did you see not to teach your trade secret in taking out the bread from the oven without it breaking? We have a tradition from our parents that this temple eventually is going to be destroyed. We're worried that somebody that's not proper might learn this secret. And they're going to go use this lechem apanim for avodah zarah. So therefore, they were giving a good reason why uh, they did held back. Now, the rabbis did not trust them at this point when they gave the reason. They thought it was all about money because they held out for a doubling in salary. So therefore, the Gemara says, for this, the rabbis were a little um, suspicious of their excuse. But for the following item, Bet Kamu was praised. Which item? Never did any of the family of Bet Garbu ever have clean bread. Which is all the flour of the bread that they used was so was not solid nikiyah, but it was uh, coarse flour. Why? Why did there was a policy in the family? Nobody could eat clean uh, flour bread. Why? So the people won't say uh, they're getting their bread from the lechem apanim. People would know this is not lechem apanim bread. It's a different quality. So they kept themselves clean from the suspicion. That you have to be clean above suspicion from God and from the people. So on one thing, on one thing they were praised, they were l'shevah. But on the fact that they held the secret of how to do it, to that they mentioned lignai. So I at this point, the Gemara did not trust them that that's the reason for the fact that they didn't come back. The fact that yeah, the Mishnah held that they were l'shevah. They were, the Mishnah holds that that was the lignai. Indeed, at this point, the Gemara is holding and the Mishnah is saying, the rabbis didn't trust that reason because they held out for double money. So therefore, the only thing that they said that they were good was that they didn't have clean bread in their house, which was something praiseworthy. Regarding the family of Abtinas. What should they teach you? The whole family knowing how to do it. It's a job. They're going to lose their job. Instead of holding out for more money, no, teach it yeah. to another family to do it. Maybe they're not going to always be around already. Why are you holding this, uh, this secret over here? You have to share the Chokhmah. Uh, it's their uh, Parnassah. Yeah. They were experts in making the Ketoret. They don't want to teach. So they want to get, they brought the craftsmen from Alexandria of Egypt. If they knew how to mix the ketoret with the 11 spices like them, but they couldn't get the smoke to go up like Petaptinas. The family of Aptinas, it went straight up the smoke like a stick. But the, the, the people of Alexandria, it would, it would sway, disperse from side to side. When the rabbis heard about this, Amru, Whatever God created is for His glory, and therefore it's the glory of God to get the Ketorah to go up 
straight. And therefore, if God gave Bet Aptinas a God-gifted talent, so we have to do anything we can to get them back. Shne'emar, like the Pesuk says, Kol pa'al Hashem lema'anehu. That everything God created is for His sake. Now it's interesting, the Maharsha points out that they quote a different Pasuk over here. Earlier, when it came to Bet Garmu, the Pesuk was, Kol ha'nikra b'shmi. And here it says, Kol pa'al Hashem lema'anehu. So why the uh, difference in Pesukim? So he explains over here, um, the Ketoret was brought in the inner chamber of the Kodesh Kodashim B'yom Kippurim Nobody would be able to see the Ketoret go up Only God Which means it's for Him Which is the Ketoret was a private ceremony That God Himself witnessed on Kippur So therefore they use the uh, terminology for him. So Betaptinas came back to their position. Again, they held out; they didn't want to come back. So they doubled their salary. Every day they took twelve Today twenty-four. They took Why did you see not to teach anybody? your secret. Amru, Yudaim, Ayushal Bet Abash, Shemayit Zeati Dechare. We have a tradition that this Bet Abash is eventually going to be destroyed. Amru Shema Yilmod Adam Sheno Mehugan. Maybe someone that's not proper is going to learn the secret. Viyelech, Viyavot, Avodat, Kuchamim Bekach. And they're going to use it for Avodat Zarah. Ba'adavar Zeh, on the following item coming up, Mazkin Otam Neshevah. One thing they had a praise on. Again, the rabbis not trust them on that excuse. Me'olam lo yatstat kalam bebusemet bebatehem. Never did a bride ever leave the house of Aptinas with perfume on. Ushenos in isha when a man would get married from bet Aptinas me'makom ha'ir from another family matnin ema they would make a condition with her shelo titpasem she's not allowed to wear perfume why shelo yomru me'maasei ketorim bebasemim so the people shouldn't say ah oh, they're taking from the ketorim and they're using it for personal besamim the kayim matchne emar to fulfill what is said the item the kiim Hashem Israel that a person must be above the scrutiny of Hashem and of people. He says, one time I was walking uh, on the road. Okay, he says, I found one of the uh, children of Bet Abtinas. Your ancestors, they tried to promote their own kavod. By holding back the recipe and keeping it all to themselves, and they tried to minimize the kavod and glory of God. God's glory remains in His place. God's glory didn't change. But who lost out? Their family lost out. Because the Achamim looked at them in a derogatory fashion. Amar Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, we go to the Girsa. We have this in parentheses. Sahli Rabbi Ishmael ben Luga. So Rabbi Ishmael ben Luga once told me. 
פעם אחת יצאתי אני ואחד מבני בניהם לשדה ללקט עשבים. So one time me and one of the children of Ben Taptinas went to the field to collect herbs. וראיתי, and I saw שבחה ושחק, you have to put that in, that the descendant of Ben Taptinas was crying and laughing. אמרתי לו, מפני מה בכית? What are you crying about? אמר לי, כבוד אבותיי נזכרתי. I remember the honor that my family had in serving in the Beit HaMikdash. Why are you laughing? Because God is destined to return us to original glory. Why now? Why are you all of a sudden nostalgic remembering your father's home? Because I'm standing in front of the special herb called Ma'ale Ashan. And that was the herb that only Bet Aptinas knew that when they would add it to the Ketorah, it would cause the smoke to go straight up. So when he saw the Ma'ale Ashan, he remembered the glory of his family. So the rabbi said, Show it to me. We have a family swear amongst us that we're not allowed to show it to any person. That she says, That's why they call it because it causes the smoke to go up. Come to the Gemara and continues. Amar Biyohana ben Nuri. Tamachat matzati zakenehad. One time I found an elderly man who migilat semamanim biyado, and he had a recipe book with all the pictures of the herbs of the ketoret. Amarti lo meaynata. Where are you from? Amarli mebet aptinas ani. I'm from the bet aptinas. What's that in your hand? I have a, uh, the recipe book with the Samamanim. She says, It has the names of the Ketoret. Other Ishtunim learned it was the names and actually a diagram of the uh, herbs. So the rabbi said, Show it to me. So long as my family was still alive, my ancestors, we had a tradition, we cannot give it over to anybody. However, now I can give it over to you. But just be careful. When I told the story of the Akiva, Amarli Ma'ata Asur Nesaper Begnutan Shel Elu. Says they took it back. From now on, we see they weren't Hashem Shemayim, which means they weren't just holding back information. Which means they gave it over, just that they had a family uh, a pact amongst themselves not to give it over because they were really concerned about Abu Dazara. And now that that concern, it seems, was not applicable, so they gave it over to the rabbi. Says, you know what? We have to give them the benefit of the doubt now, and therefore we're not allowed to mention their genut anymore. So they rescinded their uh, claim against the uh, Bet Aptinas. Uh, Comes the Gemara and says, based on this story, Mikan Amar ben Azai. From this story, ben Azai said, from this story of actually Bet Garmu and Bet Aptinas, that the rabbis wanted to push them away, but eventually they accepted both of them, according to Rashi, both were really brought back. So he says, Bishimcha Yikraucha, they will call you by your name. Ubimkumcha Yoshivucha, 
and they will return you to your original place. What does this mean that she says? A person should not worry to say, This fellow is going to take away from my panasa. Even though it looks like somebody's taking your panasa away, it's only temporarily. Eventually, they're going to call you back, and if you're deserving of it, they'll call you by your name, and they'll bring you back to your original stature, and you can't lose out. Which means, you see over here, Bet Garmu and Bet Aptinas, the rabbis try to push them away, but eventually the story came out, and it surfaced, and sure enough, Rabbi Akiva rescinded and said, no, from here on in, we have to say that what? They indeed are legitimate and accepted. And they're going to give you what's yours. That's what's the bed. They're not going to give you any gifts. You're going to get what you deserve from the Shamaim. Which is when they bring you back into your original stature, it's not going to be chesed. They're not doing you a charity. You're going to get back from your own, uh, from your own merits, from your own rights. And the Gemara says, why? A person cannot touch what's prepared for his friend. If there's money that's destined for his friend, nobody in the world can take even a penny. And two kingdoms could not coincide even overlapping a hair's breadth. Which means everybody's tenure is when it's supposed to be, and when it ends, then the next king takes over. As she says, "Ve'en malchut nogad b'chaverta, meshegi azman malchut lipol b'ta'amod acheret." When it's time for a change in kingdoms, lo ya'acher zeman kimlo nima. The time is not delayed even a hair's breadth. Which means the first king will die at night, in the middle of the night, at a specific moment, in order that his successor can take over at that given time. Like by Daniel it says, Belshazzar died in the middle of the night. Which is you see, certain kings died in the day, certain kings died at night, that's all orchestrated meticulously by Bode Olam, which means everybody gets exactly their term as they should, and it doesn't uh, overlap even a Kimlo Lima. Comes Gibran says, Hugros bin Levi. Hugros bin Levi did not want to teach a certain singing technique that only he knew for the Levim. Tanya Kishuno ten kolo He would make a beautiful, pleasant sound. Maknis godalo le tochpiv. Somehow he would stick his thumb in his mouth. Umaniach etzbao ben hanimin. And he would put his forefinger between the whiskers of his mustache so he would hold his finger in a certain way a thumb in and a and the finger over here by his mustache which means they were so uh, startled by the sound that came out of his mouth they would be taken back I mean, the Quranim would have to move back because they were so uh, shaken up from such a uh, sound
Rashi says, "Nitarin meachraat akol." Taro lebanan ben kamsar lo ratzal lamed al maaseh kitab. He did not want to teach his special method of writing. Amru alav shayan notel dalid kol mosim ben ezbeotav. He was able to hold four quills between his fingers. Vehimayta tevash shel dalid otiot. If the word was four letters, haya kodva bebatachat. He was able to write all four letters simultaneously. The trick was really used when he would write Shem Hashem Yudke Vavke because he did not want to write one letter before another. He wanted to give equal kavod to all the letters of Shem Havaya so he would write it simultaneously. Sorry. Question mark. What did you see not to teach it? Everybody had a good reason. We don't want Abu Dazarat to learn it. You know, we don't want them to fall into the wrong hands. Ben Kamsa lo but Ben Kamsa did not have a good excuse because we can understand that you didn't want the Lehma Panim to fall into the Abu Dazara's hands. You can understand the Ketorit as well. But what type of Kavod is it for an Abu Dazara to learn how to write four letters simultaneously? That doesn't fly for Ben Kamsa. For the first ones. Now we say on them Zekha Sadiq Lebracha, which means Bet Ganmu and Bet Aptinas. Where originally we said Shem Neshaimir Kav, we retract and we say on them Zekha Sadiq Lebracha. Ve'al Ben Kamsar ve'chavera, but on Ben Kamsar and his friends, Ne'emar ve'shem Neshaim Yirkav. Now that's one interpretation. And, 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 and people like him. There's a second interpretation to this Gemara. That says that no, they didn't retract on Bet Garmu and Bet Aptinas. They remain Shem Neshaim Yirkav. Al means on the ones of the first Mishnah, meaning Hilni and Munbaz and Ben Kotni and all these ones that made the uh, restorations to the Bet Hamikdash. And on uh, Ben Kamsar and his friends, meaning the ones mentioned in this Mishnah, on them it says Shem Neshaim Yirkav. That's the same way we learned it. Uh, in Masechet Shekalim it says what is the meaning of this pasuk that the name of the wicked will become rotten rot so the Gemara says Amar bil Azar Rekbibut Bishmotan Rekbibut is like rust It'll be, their names will become rusty and nobody's going to use their names like a rusty knife that she says that nobody wants to use their names are going to become spoiled that nobody's going to use these uh, names as she says does rust that puts a barzel that's like in a metal keli she'en mishtamshim bo delo maski bishmayu lo yikra adam lebno shem adam rasha. A person should not call his son by the name of somebody that is a rasha. Mativ rabina rabina has a question. Maase bedoeg ben Yosef. There was a fellow by the name of Doeg ben Yosef. Now we know Doeg was a rasha. So somebody named their son Doeg. His name was Doeg ben Yosef. Shiniho Abiv Ben Katan. His father died when he was a young boy. Leimo. So he left him an orphan, just his mother. Every day the mother would measure 
this young boy with her fists, which means the height of the child. Every day she would measure him. And every day if she saw that his height got a little taller, she would calculate how much weight he gained based on the height change, and she would give that money in gold to the Beit HaMikdash. But when the enemy said in Tirushalayim and there was famine, she slaughtered him, and she ate him. And in the book of Echa, the Prophet Yirmiyah prophesies and says, "Im nashim piryam which means the ladies are going to eat their own fruit, their own children. is from the meaning the children that were measured with the fists. Meshiva ruach hakodesh veomeret. To that, the ruach hakodesh answered Yirmiyah and said, "Im Hashem kohen v'navi." Is because the Jewish people killed a prophet and a Kohen Gadol one day in the Beit HaMikdash. They killed the prophet Zechariah and they killed Yehoyada Kohen in the Beit HaMikdash. And God said that's why it's happening, because they killed a prophet and a Kohen Gadol in one day. So the Gemara's question is, oh, you see that they, the child's name was Doeg. So you see that you can name your child after Rishaim. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Look what happened to him. Which means, if anything, is a proof. You see that when you name your son, a uh, 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 name of a Shalom, it's not a good thing. Exactly, it leads to Bedra. She says, Look what happened to him. He got slaughtered. Now, the Tosafot over here discusses different people that had names, seemingly that were uh, Rishaim, uh, and he goes and reconciles. For example, we see throughout the Gebara, Rabbi Rabbi Ishmael. I mean Ishmael. So there's two answers. Either you can say that Ishmael made Tishubah at the end of his life, therefore he died a Tzaddik. Or we could say the following rule that Tafhidah brings down in Shema Gedolim. That when the name intrinsically is good, it doesn't matter if Rasha had that name. Yishma'el. God will listen to me. That name intrinsically is a good name. And therefore it doesn't matter if somebody carried that name who was Rasha before. For example, one of Moshe Rabbeinu's names of his children was Eliezer. Now some will argue Eliezer was the servant of Abraham and it says by Eliezer is he was Arur. How can Moshe Rabbeinu name uh, after somebody that was called Arur? Explanation is Moshe explained Therefore if the name has an interpretation And a, a positive name It doesn't matter As opposed to let's say Esav Esav the name itself connotes Asui, complete, fully made Therefore the name itself is a bad name And it was given to a Bad person Therefore such names would be Under the category of Shem Nishayim Yirkav Comes the Gemara and continues. Amar Rabbi El Azar, Sadiq Me'atzmo, which means the Sadiq, for his own merits, we mention him for good. The Rasha Me'habero, but when we mention the Rasha, we don't only mention him, but we also mention all his friends. How do we know this? Sadiq Me'atzmo Dichtiv Zeh Sadiq Lebracha. We individualize the Sadiq. 
And we say he's mentioned for a beracha. However, Verasha Mechaberov, when we mention the Rasha, we mention him and all his cohorts. We say it in plurality. That when we mention the Rasha, it's him and all his him and all his group. According to the Ridba, I quote, Pirush al Yedem through the tzaddik's good deeds, tzirichim kol ayom naskirol neshevach medbarecho. All day long you have to bless the tzaddik because he's so good. The neshaim maskirim otam al yedei acherim. Kal yedei maaser nashaihad yeshlan lekalel kol neshaim. He says, once you hear already one nasha, that's a good excuse for us to curse all the neshaim out. Veshem neshaim yirkav. Once you mention one, you include all the neshaim in the group. Comes the Gemara and says. Rabbi Nah told a certain rabbi that was teaching Agada, meaning Derashot, in front of him. Where do we know this principle that the rabbis teach us? That you mentioned that Sadiq is a Beracha. You have to bless him. What do you mean? It's a pasuk. What do you mean? You're asking where do we know it from? It's a beferush pasuk in Mishle. He says, no, no. I'm asking, do we have a biblical source for such a principle? He said, Vashem Amar. God said, God says, Am I going to conceal information? Not to tell Abraham what I'm planning to do. That was before God was planning to destroy Sodom. God said, I have to tell Abraham what I'm planning to do. So God mentions Abraham. What's written right after? Uchtiv Abraham And Abraham was destined to be the father of a great and mighty nation. What do you see from here? Right away, the name of Abraham is mentioned, and automatically he's given a... So he asked him, how do you know the opposite principle? That the name of the wicked should rot. Amarle told him, it's a pasuk. How do you know it from the Torah? By Lot it says, he camped out at Sedom. So the mentioning of the Rishaim is Sedom. Uchtiv, and what does it say right after that? And the people of Sedom were wicked and bad to God in a, a major way. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar bin Hazar. Sadiq Dar bin Shenei Rishaim. There was a Sadiq that lived amongst two wicked people. Vilolamad Ma'asim. But did not learn from their ways. Rasha, on the other end, there was Rasha, Dar bin Shnei Sadikim, that lived amongst two Sadikim, and they also didn't learn from their ways. Sadik, Dar bin Shnei Sadikim, that was referring to the prophet Obadiah, that lived with the king Ahab and Izevil, who were two wicked people, but Obadiah did not learn from them. Rasha, Dar ben Shnei Tzadikim. Who was the Rasha that lived next to the two Tzadikim? Did not learn from all the bad Maaseim. Zeh He lived with Yitzchak and Rivka, his parents, and he did not learn from their ways. That's why there's a Haftarah Hazor Obadiah. 
the prophecy of Obadiah that prophesizes the downfall of Edom. So the Gemara says, why did Obadiah get to make this prophecy? Because let the one that lived amongst two Nishaim and did not learn from their ways prophesize about the downfall of the one that lived amongst two Tzadikim and also did not learn from their ways. Hence Obadiah gets that prophecy. Comes the Gemara and continues. Ve'amar Rabbi Al-Azam Me'birkatan shil tzaddikim From the blessing of the tzaddikim Atalamed kedala l'rishaim You could learn what the curses are to the rishaim Ume'kelalatan shil rishaim At the opposite From the curses that are given to the rishaim Atalamed berakal l'tzaddikim You could learn what the blessings are to the tzaddikim How? Mebirkatan shal tzaddikim atalamed kalal rishaim diktiv ki yedartiv. God says regarding Avraham Abinu, because I know him, leman asher yitzaveh that he's going to perpetuate and teach his children after him to follow in the ways of Hashem. Uchtiv batre. Once the tzaddikim are blessed, automatically you know that brings kedada to rishaim, as the pasuk says, vayomer Hashem zakat sedom vaamora ki rabba. Which means the cry of Sedom has reached a high proportion and therefore I'm going to destroy them. Which means when the Siddiquim are blessed, that also brings Kedadat to the Rishayim. As you see, Abraham was blessed with a prosperity and right away the discussion of the destruction of Sedom is mentioned right after. And when the Rishayim are cursed, at that point, you learn a berachat al-tzaddikim. Dikhtiv. V'anshay sedom ra'im v'hattaim l'ashem. V'ashem amar l'avraham ha'aleh pared lot mi'imo. And he told them, look up in the sky and count the stars and your children are going to be such uh, multiple. Uh, such um, uh, uh, in quantity. So you see, when God was destroying Sedom, Right away, it's followed by a blessing to Abraham Abinu. God created the world even for the zikut of one tzaddik. God saw the light was good. The end tov elat tzaddik. So they were vayar Elohim etaor. He created the light, meaning the light and the rest of the world. Why? Kitov for the tzaddik that is tov. It's worth it to create the whole entire world just to benefit one tzaddik. Ve'amar bilazar kolam meshakei yachdavar metalmudo. God forbid if somebody forgets something from his learning, gorem galut lebanav. He causes exile to his children. Shneimar. You forgot the Torah of your God So God says I will forget your children So the Mephashim explained says He purposely uh, eradicates the wisdom from his brain I Meaning he consciously makes an effort to forget That's the Ritba. Now, the Me'idi says, "Le'olam ye Adam habiv lo Talmud Torah, v'yizel shlo yitayesh b'menu achal demudo shashicha mitzuya biyoter." Which means you shouldn't become depressed. The Me'idi says, if you forget your learning, because forgetting is very common. The chol she meshakehot derech atzlut 
V'yush ni'inash aleha. But if you forget your learning because of laziness, which he probably means you don't review, or because you just give up, then already that's, uh, like the Gemara says, contemptible. The Babu Amar, the Babu says, Moridin oto migidulato. A person that forgets his learning, they lower him from his stature. Shnei Amar, kiata. Let me get the exact pasuk. Yod. The pasuk says, kiata hadarat maasta. You despised knowledge. And therefore I despise you from serving to me. A Sadiq does not pass away in the world from the world. Until another Sadiq is born in order to replace him. Which means the sun will rise when the sun sets. Which means first the sun rises, a new Sadiq rises, and then God can take the other Sadiq. Before the light of Eli Kohen dwindled, Shemuel Navi was born. So therefore Shemuel replaced Eli. God saw that there's a few tzaddikim that are destined to be born. So God scattered them and planted them in every generation. Because every generation is going to need a tzaddik. God saw the mitzuke eres, the pillars of the earth. Therefore, so he placed them throughout the universe in different generations. And as she says, Pizran bechola dorot liot shetut v'kiyum. You know they should have a foundation on the tzaddikim. The world exists on the tzaddikim. And therefore, since they're so few in quantity, God had to scatter them throughout the generations. Metsuke Eris, the Radak explains, the pillars of the world. Comes again when I continues. Dide Amar himself said, Me'acha, Ragle Hasidav Yishmor. The Pasuk says, Ragle Hasidav, the word Ragle over here means because of. Because of the Hasidim, God protects the world. So therefore, you see, it's the Zekut of the Sadiqim. Comes again, Baran says, but I go back one line. I'm about Yohanan. I feel Bishvil Sadiq Yahad Aulamit Kayem that even in the Zukut of one Sadiq, the world exists. Shneemar, the Sadiq, Yesod Aulam. The Sadiq is the uh, foundation of the world. Rev Hayadi Deamar, Rev Hayadi himself said, Meacha, like Leah Hasidam Yishmur. Because of the Hasidim, meaning the righteous, the world is protected. Kamaras, what do you mean? Hasidam, Tuba Mashma. You just told me one Sadiq, but it says the Pazir, Hasidam, which is Mashma, more than one. Amar of Nakhman Bar Yitzhak, Hasidoketiv. If you look at the Pasuk Hasidav, it's written without a Yud. And therefore you can read it, Hasido, which is Regleh, because of the Hasid, his Hasid, Yishmor, the world is protected. Amar of Qiyabar Abbaa, Amar of Yohanan, Kevan Shiyatsu, Rov Shunotav Shil Adam, Velochata, if a person passes the majority of his life without sin, Shuv Enochoteh, 
then already he has a hazakah that he will not come to sin. Right? If 35 years old, once a person reaches 35, it's half his life, 35 in one day, then already he has hazakah that he's not going to sin. If he didn't sin till that point, should Imar, Yishmor. What's the derasha uh, over here? So the regle over here means the end. That's another connotation of the word regle. It's like the legs are the end of a person's body. So regle chasidav yishmor, meaning God protects the end of the lives of the chasidim. So long as they get to the majority, they're protected to the end. A person was tested with sin one time. Vishiniya and a second time. The Enuchote and he was able to control himself twice. Shuv Enuchote. Finish he will not sin. Shine Emar Ragle Hasidav Yishmor. How are they learning this over here? Which means that she says Ragle means times. Meaning, regalim can mean times. Meaning, regle hasidav. If a person was tested twice, let's say, and he proved himself a hasid, and he did not succumb to sin, yishmor. God will protect that sin, will not come to him again. Rashi says, very important Rashi. Pam lishona b'sheni aregle hasidav b'shen he bechesed shnei regalim when he acted the proper way two times. Kemozeh shalosh regalim like by parashat balak we read shalosh regalim pe'amayim yishmor oto menah pe'amim pe'kama yishmor oto menachet. If he protects himself twice, then he has a protection from that sin forever. Regle hasidav twice two times plural. Regle is plural. I thought it's saying Hasidah, if you survive twice, two times. Yishmor in the third time. Because the regalim shows. Oh. Mm-hmm. Regle is two. Regle is two. Regle Hasidah. When he shows his Hasidah twice, Yishmor on the third. Kama Yishmor on the third. Comes the Gemara and continues. Amar Ishlakish, my What does it mean when it says That if a person is a scoffer or cynical, God will act to him in a cynical way. And to the humble ones, God will show grace. So the Gemara says, If a person comes to uh, contaminate himself to make avonot, God opens the way for him. Meaning, you want to go like a let's in a cynical way? God opens, gives him free will to go into that path. But the other way, it says when it comes to people that want to go the right way, not only do they open the door to him, but they help him. She's when you got to go, a person wants to go the bad way, the doors are open for him to go himself. But he doesn't get divine assistance. In the Litzim, who yalits? He gives him the opportunity. But those that want to go the right way and purify themselves, God gives them a certain measure of. And then the Gemara proves this. Mashal to a guy that sells neft. Neft is like uh, 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 oil or tar, a pitch, and a persimon is balsam oil. One smells terribly, and one is very uh, fragrant. 
nift. A customer comes along and says, I want nift. Right? I want some nift. Could you measure me? Amar lo medod atal atzmecha. I'm not going to the uh, barrel. You go measure it for yourself. But if the customer says, I want some balsam, could you measure it? Wait for me, I'll go measure with you. Why? So we both can smell good, which means when it comes to bed, so God says, you're on your own. I'm not getting involved. I'm not going to go measure with you. However, when it's good things, God says, I'm with you. We'll go together. Now, what's the... Uh, I saw a beautiful derasha in Parashat Pinehas, where it lists all the names of the families. So one of the families is Leyetzer Mishpachat HaYisri. Leshilem so one of the rabbis explained A person that wants to go after his So the person says, What is his end? He'll be part of the family of Yitzhara Meaning But if a person makes an effort to become complete And shalem and perfect Where will he end up? He'll end up with the family of Shalemut Comes the Gibran and says a sin clogs up and closes up a person's heart. Do not contaminate yourself in sin. And you will become contaminated. With an aleph. Don't read it that you will become tameh. Netamtem means you're going to be obstructed, meaning your heart is going to become closed. That Jesus It affects his wisdom, meaning his knowledge and his understanding will become blunted because of it. So the pasuk is written without an aleph, and therefore we learn it from lashon timtum. We have a brayta. Do not contaminate yourself in sin And you will become contaminated So the Gemara says a rule A person contaminates himself a little So God then brings him to a lot of contamination You contaminate yourself below on earth That God contaminates him from above. He remains contaminated eternally. And they're learning from the Pasuk like this. Do not contaminate yourself, because if you do contaminate yourself even a little, more measure of Tum'ah will come on you. Now how do we interpret this? The Mishnah says, One sin leads to another sin. And the Mephashim says, every time a person does a sin, he creates an angel. A destructive angel. Now that destructive angel is Tum'ah. And it causes him to have a drive to make another sin. And then he commits a second sin. Now another angel is committed. And therefore created. And that causes him to commit another sin. So the person only uh, was in to make one sin. But you metameh yourself a little. From that little Tum'ah comes great Tum'ah. Mom created that caused him to create more sin. But our our pedic ends off on a good note. Sanctify yourself and you will become Kadosh. A person makes a small sanctification of himself. 
They sanctify him a lot. Based on the principle we just said, every time you do a mitzvah, you create a positive angel. And that positive angel becomes a catalyst to cause you to do another mitzvah. Now, even the only fair to do one mitzvah, you end up getting much more than you intended. Because a little kiddushah is contagious. It leads to more kiddushah. Milimata. A person makes an effort to mekadesh himself here on earth. Mekadeshin oto milimata. At the end says, from here you see one that comes to purify himself he has divine assistance